to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lippman, joined as always by um, the great Drew Peltzman and not Dan Popone. He is fast asleep, but also I am joined by Emily Cannell. Emily, I ask you, do you care about the royal family and what is going on with them right now? Do I ever? Let me tell you. Oh, my copy of Spare came in the mail today. (laughs) I was pumped. You can see it on my Instagram story. I read it through most of the third and fourth quarter. And so, yeah. Are you, Uh, because there's, at first, Harry is his name, is, was saying a lot of things and people were like, good for him. The royal family is bad. But then he's saturating the market in such a way that everybody's like, get off my television. Stop doing right. so many talk shows. Shut the fuck up. I've had enough of you. Where do you land? Now, well, you bought the book, so you can't get enough of this stuff. So well, what's what's going on? And, yes and why and won't no, he shut up? Because I didn't watch any of the interviews because I wanted to get all of my bombshell information from the book. Like I did not want to ruin this book for me, myself <laughs> by watching all of these interviews. Okay. So I haven't been overly saturated from like the television market. Um, so I'm very excited to get to the juicy stuff in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's just doing a lot because he's on a press tour for this book that's like, you know, gonna be a bestseller. But it's he's yeah. the one with Meghan Markle, right? Yes. And then there's yeah. the bald one. Will. And then yeah. there's the old rapey one. There's only two brothers. There's the, then there's the no, dad. No, no, I mean the dad. And the he's king. No he's the king now. Oh, right. Because what's her name died. Yeah, which is weird because now there's like their national anthem is God Save the King. And it's very weird. Strange. Strange. Have you stuff. always been into them? Um, yeah. Like I watched the royal wedding. Like I woke up at five o'clock in the morning when I was in college to watch it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, oh, and Kate Middleton. Where does she land in all this? I don't Do people know. like I just, her still, or she's I, with the mean brother? She's with the mean brother, and she, you know, kind of buys into the royal thing. But also, he's the king. He's not the spare. You know, he's going to be the king. So you kind of have to. Oh, because he, when that old be, mean fuck dies. Yeah, Will is the king. Bald guy is yes. going to be the king. Yes. Not this guy who's defaming everybody on the talk Right, shows. he's just living in LA with Meghan Markle. Right. Oh, man. What's going to happen? So what does he want to do? I don't know. They've got, like, some production company. they got a podcast on Spotify. they got the everybody's Netflix got a fucking, show. Everybody's got a fucking podcast. How about you cool? I mean, we have a podcast on Spotify, too. You don't, you don't know what he calls us, Prince and Princess. <laughs> um... The royal family wasn't prepared for a podcast and new media format in their whole entire history. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, do, do people still have to call him Prince Will? Or has he denounced that title? Well, I don't know. There was a whole thing about they when they left that they were denouncing their titles. But the book says, like, off, like it's like spare Prince Harry. Like, it's written by Prince Harry. So I guess mm. he's still a prince. Um, 
and then but I don't know if Megan is a duchess still I'm not I'm not entirely clear on how that works I truly know nothing about it but I everybody seems annoyed at everybody and I it seems I don't know good good for everyone for enjoying it I don't know I don't I don't have a take Drew any thoughts on on this uh not really um just I feel like it's always interesting that in America specifically the royal family and the Kardashians can never be too far away from each other in popularity at a, any given time so mm. I think that's a theory I don't know what it means what grand scheme it is but they're never too far apart in American culture it's true well on to the Sixers. We just watched the Sixers lose a stupid, dumb game to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, how much do we have to talk about it? It was stupid. They they really couldn't get a stop. They fouled them constantly. Joel got sort of in foul trouble, but Doc really fouled out Joel more than anybody because he took him out for most of the third quarter, and, and the Sixers gave up a million points to the Thunder uh, in that quarter and, and they let up a horrible run that was like sort of game defining the thunder obviously couldn't guard joel especially down the stretch but the Sixers could never get enough stops especially on sga um we need to start with this game it sucked and it was a dumb loss and i knew you know when we picked this week i really should have picked a loss because whenever we have to record immediately after a game they lose no matter who they play um but Emily what did you think of this game other than that it sucked yeah it was just a really like annoying game especially because they were down like 10 plus points at least two times and then came back to like tie the game and then they never like could actually make a run to win the game and that I found to be annoying because they're clearly a better team yeah and, you know, we'll talk about it, but it, I mean, this loss, I guess, would have been more palatable if they didn't lose to Chicago earlier in the week, but they did. And, you know, Joel didn't play in that Chicago game, but it, you know, it, it makes it sort of a couple of sort James of Harden had seven losses. turnovers tonight. I did, you know, I didn't, I guess I didn't feel that in but the game because a, a few of them were dead ball but that is a high number and bad he made some threes which i think made his game feel better than it did and he had his usual maybe 12 assists or something 15 um 15 assists so yeah he was three three turnovers away from a points assist turnover triple double there you, you know, go trifecta um yeah so his threes were going in but yeah too many turnovers you know down the stretch, Maxi had like a, I think a decent game. His shot from deep wasn't super going in, but down the stretch, and B just was doing whatever he wanted on Mascala and, and when they set those doubles. And down the stretch, they kicked it to Maxi early in the shot clock, and he took this really deep three that wasn't even close. And I thought it was a terrible shot. And I don't know, he was just trying to like really gain some momentum, I think. And I think they were down eight and that would have made it five or something like that. But it felt like they just needed to keep ducking it into MB to either have him get fouled or kick it out to somebody. And, and it was just a really, you know, not a very 
not really like Maxi and and sort of it seems like he's still working his way back into a rhythm and and sometimes he gets super hot but sometimes um he has nights like this where it's a bit up and down so you know the speed is obviously still there but but the shot I think is still a bit of a work in progress what did you think from him in terms of Maxi, I think he's been pretty good since he came back from his injury so I'm tempted to just pull a Doc Rivers and be like I don't care about this game um it is what it is it never really happened um but I am glad that Tobias, I was really worried that Tobias actually was hurt when he went down. Yeah. And I was like, this is not good. He's been playing so well. And we we need him. And so I was very happy that he came back into the game. And it does seem to be like kind of like a bumping knee situation versus like a legitimate injury. Here's a question. Did PJ Tucker play today? Did he play? I didn't see him much. Did, does anybody know? Is there a way to tell? He started, I think. Think. And then I think they got him out of there. I don't know. You know, um, Doc went to the three-guard lineup down the stretch. It has felt to me like Melton has struggled to make as much of an impact since he's gone back to the bench. And obviously that's simplistic because um, he's getting fewer minutes, but I think his shot has go- been going in less. And um, I think it's just a bit of an adjustment. And I think they're still kind of figuring out their best lineup. But um according to know. the internet he played for 21 minutes of this you're game. shitting me. he took he took one shot and he missed it and he had two rebounds that's shocking well melton played more minutes than him off the bench so maybe we just do a little bit of a yeah yeah i, I don't know anyway um also this week the Sixers played uh detroit twice detroit is absolutely horrendous i mean Keith cunningham is out for the year and and played only a few games this year but they're awful i'm happy to see new Orleans whenever we play them which i think we play them 30 times during the season but which is great for the sixers um but they're horrendous the sixers beat them by like 35 um and Jaden springer played and and went off which is uh, i think a good indication for the kind of team detroit has um, and Joel had 30 points in about seven minutes, I think, right. was the official tally <laughs> on think, that. I think one of them, I think Jaden Springer was even saying that at halftime or before the game, like Embiid and Harden were being like, we're going to get you in this game. Like, <laughs> um, do uh, Emily or Drew, do you guys want to go on a monologue about the uh, Detroit games or how do you feel? I'll just say that I like. I mean, it's, it is fun when they kind of blow a team out like that because you get the Jaden Springer minutes, you get the, the Paul Reed post-game interviews, you get the mm-hmm. things that you don't normally get in a regular game. So it's fun to see those guys. Um, I think Korkmaz might have played in that game. I haven't seen him in a while. So um, those things are just, it's just fun. You know, you get, yeah. and I'm happy to see them getting some time when they can. There's no need for Joel to be playing in games like that. He was actually in that game for like way longer than he should have been. Yeah, the um, the stupid OKC game tonight. It, part of the bummer of it is that the Nets lost and the Bucks lost. So like the Sixers lose to a bad OKC team and forfeit the opportunity to make up ground on those teams when they really should have just kind of played better defense, stopped fouling, and, and done that, you know. 
Um, so that sucks, and they don't they don't make up ground. Speaking of the Nets and the Celtics, Jalen Brown has an adductor. Hey, where's your adductor? What's that? Are you asking me? Yeah. Um, it is. Well, is it in his leg? I don't know. I, I, listen, I'm going to you on this. <laughs> I guess it's your leg. I guess you. It's a different muscle that adducts your your arm. I thought it was your stomach. It's that's your abs, not ad. Abductor. All right. Anyway, There's, so that's all. It's the muscle that like brings your leg towards your body. Anyway, he got that all fucked up. For so he's out for a week or two. Jalen Brown, um, on the Celtics, and uh, Kevin Durant has an MCL strain, and he's going to be out for they think about a month or so, something like that, leaving the Nets to Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. So we'll see what happens there. It is an opportunity for the Sixers to climb the standings a bit. Obviously, we send only well wishes to those fellas. Um, how do you think this will impact the Eastern Conference standings? I say this, of course, 10 minutes after the Sixers lose to the <laughs> Oklahoma City. What do you think? I mean, I definitely think that KD going out for the Nets is a huge loss. He's the best player in the NBA, potentially. And I don't think that team is very good otherwise. So I think that's like a big hit to them. Um, the Celtics still have Jason Tatum, who's like playing on another level. But I mean, it definitely hurts to lose Jalen. Um, but I think that, you know, the Nets are definitely taking the bigger hit there. Yeah. Drew, any thoughts here on uh, those injuries here? Uh, just on KD, um, if it's a month, it'll just be like right up to the All-Star game. So a lot of people are saying that might be the first game back. Uh, you have the like like Tatum, Embiid, uh, KD, and Giannis crammed in the top four voting. If KD's hurt, then you won't have to worry about the other three one of them not starting because then all three of them will be starting, whatever. So I think it'll be better for the league if KD just doesn't play in the All-Star game. And I don't think the Nets that, will let him. Yeah, you would think that if he's returning from a long injury, they would just forego the All-Star game thing and just give him an even longer layoff um, to heal up and just return after that big break. If that's how it lines up, if you know, if he can play before that, then I think they would just have to play before that. But yeah, it's a good point. Um, you know, I, everybody else or lots of other people have been saying that, you know, the starters for the East and the All Star game should be Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, um, Giannis, Durant, and Embiid. Um, but positionally, like I think the rules are such that Tatum is only a forward or whatever. And, and, you know, uh, I think Bontemps had said, you know, Embiid has a better case than Tatum if you're not, like, being picky about games played because he has more, like, points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals, everything. Whatever, man. Basketball skills. Basketball stuff. What can you do? All right. We're going to go to a break. 
and we'll be back and we're going to talk more about the all-star break and we're going to talk about the eagles and we're going to do a little game we love you here's a break okay so recently there's been a um drew i'm going to throw to you and talk about james harden's stats or what james harden's season stats there's been some chatter about whether or not James Harden deserves to be an all-star. Now, Harden is a polarizing player because pretty much everyone hates him. Um, Sixers fans, I think, are sort of 50-50 on him because he's a strange guy and, um, you know, uh, isn't who he used to be. And he did replace Simmons, but um, doesn't play much defense and, Miami, all of that, um, but is still extremely effective on the court. And as Drew will tell us, statistically, he's having an excellent season. He missed some time this year, etc. But the media, especially I think traditional media, does not like him at all for the trade requests, for the ISO ball, for the all of that stuff. So I think if there's any chance to not give him the benefit of the doubt, they won't. And Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe were recently talking about him and essentially just like disqualified him from their 12-man all-star teams in the East. And we're like Tyrese Halliburton, absolutely. Jalen Brunson, absolutely. And like Harden's numbers are just better than those guys. And the Sixers are better than both of those teams. So, you know, it's just funny to hear the way that the discourse is when Harden is better than those guys, and Halliburton doesn't play defense either. So, Drew, what are his stats this year? Um, so the biggest thing that stands out is his assist numbers. Obviously, he's taking a much larger playmaking role. It's the second highest mark in his career. If the season ended today, he's at eleven point zero. Um, I think. I mean, just from a quick glance. He had 11.2 in 2016, 2017. That's pretty close. It's pretty good. And he started in the All-Star game like the past, like, what, seven years, eight years. If you're only looking at the scoring numbers, obviously, it'll you'll see them drop a little bit. But he's scoring 0.8 more points a game uh, this year over last year. And he's shooting the ball still extremely well all over the place. I think I I wasn't able that quickly to get up uh everyone else like Halliburton's numbers and stuff, but No, that's fine. Um, yeah. It looks but he's like he's at what like 22 points. Is that it? Yeah, he's at 21.8. Right about 22. I think if you're looking at the pass and you're seeing him start in the All-Star game year after year, there's no reason like he shouldn't if you're going to force another guard in there. I don't know if you're going to do it with Halliburton, but from my point of view, I could see why voters would do that uh, just to see a new face. I think it's fine. Totally. No, yeah, I don't think it's Harden over Halliburton. I think both of those guys deserve spots. I just think that people talk about Halliburton having a head and shoulders above Harden case when I think they're very similar. And both of them deserve all-star nods on a 12-man roster. Mm -hmm. You know, I think both of them deserve bench spots in the all-star team um you know uh 
you know, if they just want to talk about Harden missed a month of the season and it's a games played thing, then okay. I mean, then I would just honestly want to see the games played next to everybody else's games missed because I think that lots of guys, guys, especially this season, are missing games. But Emily, what are your thoughts on Halliburton's out now? Yeah, Halliburton's out now for a few weeks. Um, What are your thoughts on Harden's uh, also case? Yeah, I think his numbers are like not that far off from what they have been. But I think, I mean, they released the voting the other day and he's third for um, Eastern Conference guards. Right. So the fan votes 50% player, what it's a player 25 and media 25. Like even if the media hates him, I don't think that that's like enough power to like get him off the roster when the fans voted him in third because in all in all, the NBA wants to make money on the All-Star game and the way they're going to do that is putting the players in the game that the fans voted for. So they're not just going to like say, fuck James Harden because Bill Simmons doesn't like him. Um, so I think he'll make the team. But that's only for the starters, right? Like I don't think fan votes has anything to do with um, reserves because the coaches pick the reserves, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it goes, it's the same thing. Like, I mean, they pick them, but they're not just going to like pick people that they didn't, like fans didn't want, like it's the money-making operation. This whole right. Thing. That's right. That's true. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, and I'm not even like super Harden guy, but I just think that he has, when he's been on the court, he has played super effectively and like fit in with the team and he's shooting catch and shoot threes. He's, his stuff with Embiid's been well, been good. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't, you know, it's obviously a wait and see for the playoffs, but I, I don't have complaints. And I think that he's for sure a deserving all-star this year. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. Drew has a little game for us before we get to the latter stages of the podcast. So, Drew, take it away. I was going to say, since this was such a heartbreaking loss, uh, against such a young team. Um, I was going to see how it scales up to some of the other awful losses of the season. And I just looked back at the whole entire schedule, and there were two that really stood out, at least to me. Um, I wanted to get your guys' take on it, just see out of the three, including this game. The first one was uh, the third game of the season. They played San Antonio at home mm. and lost uh, 114 to 105. Then the second game in question is Monday, December 5th at Houston, the double overtime loss. Uh, that was the game before the win streak. The I think it was the eight games, eight game win streak. And then today against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Which of those three, like how would you rank those three losses in Kate, in terms of uh, number one being the most difficult to stomach. So for me, the, the worst one was the Houston one. I fucking hated that game and was like, that was my low point of the season so far. And, and you know, I'm sure a, a, a lower one is right around the corner. Um, but that that was a terrible game. Harden was especially disinterested and terrible in that game and i think joel was also bad in it but i'm actually not sure um 
it was terrible. They were turning it over. They were like fucking around. They, I think they coughed up a lead to even get to overtime. And then they just wouldn't let me go to sleep. And they, it was terrible. I hated it. I hated it so much. And I, I remember like getting a text of my friend after that. And, and I was like, I think we're fucked. I think it's over. Like, I just think it's over. And Bede um, had 39 that game. Yeah, he sucked in that game. Um, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, I hated that game. It was terrible. And it was just the vibes that were, I, were awful. Yeah, that that's my answer. Emily, do you have one of those three, or, did, or it, it, was there anything else? I want to say the – so I – also hated the Houston game, but also, also, if they went into double overtime, that means that someone was trying. It wasn't the people that we wanted to be trying, but it meant that someone was trying. And so I want to give that those people the benefit of the doubt, and I won't pick that one. I'm going to pick the San Antonio game just because they started the season so bad. And then we were like, <laughs> this game is a surefire win. Like this is the kickoff game. Like the Spurs are not good. And they were like, fuck you guys. We are still not good. And we're going to lose to this shit team too. So, and then that was like, are we three games in? And like everyone's saying the Sixers are, you know, in for a deep playoff push. And we all just look like fools three games in. Um, So I'm going to say that game, but this game also sucked. And like you said, I'm sure there's plenty more to come. And do you remember coming into the season? We were like, listen, the vibes are great. The roster looks good. Drama-free offseason, except for Doc watching porn on Twitter. It's, listen, everything seems on the up and up. Let's do it. And then they were like, no, we lose every game. We Let's all go. pick three wins to start the season. <laughs> win, win, win. We were like, yep, let's go. We're rolling. And it was like, no, no, no. Um, all right. The Eagles locked in the number one seed with a sort of uninspiring win over the skeleton crew giants. Um, got out of there healthy, mostly just need to rest up. How do you feel going into the playoffs? This is obviously a bye week, so we don't need to predict any, you know, Eagles game because we don't know who they're going to play, but how do you feel going into the playoffs? Um, I feel a little bit better than I did going into the giants game. I felt some good vibes from them like back on their on their whatever they were rolling before um i still don't think the vibes are quite right for like a super bowl run but i think that there's potential to get there so i'm feeling like i guess we're putting a percentage on it i'm feeling like 72 percent optimistic yeah, I think that Jalen can get right. And, you know, because they didn't run with him at all in the Giants game. Like, it's very clear that they were being ultra careful with him. They just wanted to get out of there with a win. And they were done fucking around with Minshew. I really um, hope Lane Johnson can come back. That's the other thing. If Lane can play and be effective, um, then I think they can do everything. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not really... You know, the Niners are really good and we wouldn't have to see them until the, you know, conference championship. So, but also this know. Purdy fellow has got to drop off at some point. Like, who is he? Where did he Listen, come from? Has He's to. got him. This who cannot be a thing. Who is he? I, you know, not Nick Foles, rookie. for God's sake. I don't know. 
but um yeah you would think that they would be able to make him beat them you know um but they've also just got a ton of talent on both yeah. sides of that team so they would be a, a tall task but we'll see what happens do you think the cowboys or the um bucks are gonna win that game um i don't know i don't think the cowboys are very good i don't really think the bucks are that good either <laughs> So, that's how I feel with the Giants and Viking team too. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't like any of those teams. No, but they're also all teams that the Eagles can lose to. Then I'll be like, they have lost to a worse team, and that's annoying. I I don't think the Eagles are losing those teams. No, I think they're gonna get through those teams. All right. Uh, what are the standing? I think we're we all went two and two, right? Yeah, we all went two and two because we were really feeling this week. Um, so no like change in standings. I'm at 23 and 18, and you guys are both at 19 and 22. Great. Um, West Coast Swing this week. You're shitting me. We've got a we've got a Thursday 10 o'clock coming up, which means we will not be with you next Thursday. Not happening. We're not doing a 2 a.m. podcast. Somebody I'll also else be in Chicago, so that's not I'll do a solo pod at 2 a.m. No, I think what's its <laughs> name does something. Um, I'll be it. It'll be I'll be one hour earlier. I'll be in Chicago, so it'll oh, be you'll one, do it then. One a.m. for me. It's fine. There you go. Um, all right, West Coast Swing. This week they go on the road. Uh, everything's on the road, so I'm not going to say anything about being on the road. Jazz, Lakers, back to back. Jazz Lakers. Clippers, and then what's this logo? Portland. Portland. <laughs> Jazz, Lakers, Clippers, Portland. Tough, tough week. What say you? Oh, and just so you know, Dan has bequeathed his um, choosing power onto Drew. So I'd actually like to give this to Drew first. Drew choosing for Dan. Can you repeat the, the four games for me? One I would more love time? to. Jazz, Lakers, Clippers, Portland. I think they'll beat the Jazz. It'll be ugly. They'll beat the Lakers, then lose to the Clippers, then lose to the Trailblazers. I think they're going to go two and two. I think they're going to get exhausted at the end of this road trip. Emily? Are you looking for me? I am I'm going to go. They beat the Jazz, beat the Lakers, lose to the Clippers, beat Portland. It's a three and one. I'm going to go beat the Jazz. Lose to the Lakers. It's a back-to-back. Lose to the Clippers. Beat Portland. Okay. All right. There'll be some That's movement it. in the standings next week. We'll exactly. tell you in three weeks what they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got this. Um, that's it. Good stuff. Was this even a podcast? Nobody knows. Great talking to you. Emily, Drew? Good times. Great. We time. love you. Good luck to Prince Harry. 
I'll let Enjoy you know how it book. goes. Please, please. I'll be done by next time we podcast. We give you I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Uh, DA Pelks 13, Third and Girl, Gastro Blues Pod, Steve J. Lippman, The Gastro Blues Show on YouTube, and be safe and be great. I love you so, yeah, and I never